It is round two of the F1 season. We're heading back to Imola a little bit earlier than what we thought. Uh, the Emilia Romana Grand Prix this weekend. It's been two weeks since we had the first race. Um, it seems like an eternity, doesn't it? Uh, but plenty to look at this week. Uh, can Red Bull get the result their pre-season form deserved? Of course, they missed out on the top step. Uh, Max Verstappen very frustrated, but you know you've got to think that they're going to make that step this weekend and really take it to the Mercs. And they need Sergio Perez to have a good weekend. Although if he completely messed it up, it's not like they've got too many options waiting in the wings. Although you know Sonoda's there, but anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Outside of that, uh, we're going to take a look at some of the main themes this weekend, the battles as well. Also, getting an increasing amount of Aussie fans listening, so we're going to chat about Daniel Ricciardo's chances as well, particularly with Chef Weiner, and of course the Ferrari side of the coin with Jimbo. All that coming up on the Pitbox Podcast. So the Emilia Romana Grand Prix this weekend, it is round two, brought in because of uh, the Chinese Grand Prix not going ahead and obviously the Australian Grand Prix not going ahead as well. Um, probably not the most exciting uh, venue, unfortunately, to have... Uh, uh, to have the second race of the season when we're looking forward to like really wanting to see exactly where you know Mercedes is versus Red Bull where McLaren is versus those two and uh, versus um, Alpha Tauri and Ferrari and um you know what can Perez do you know we're sort of wanting that circuit that's going to sort of give us a, a more definitive look at uh, the pecking order although you know this is the thing about formula 1 isn't it you know we we're wanting certainly we want to know exactly where everybody is and then we complain about the fact that well, we know what's going to happen. So maybe this is a great race to have right now. It's it's always one of those funny things. I talk to people who aren't F1 people um, and they sort of don't get the whole you know, engineering side of it and like it's just so complicated, etc. And I said, look, the, the easiest way to explain this is that F1 teams don't like risk. They employ engineers to take away that risk. But unfortunately, F1 becomes more predictable that way because that's what Essentially, F1 teams want. They want to know exactly where they are, what they've got to do to be able to get further up the grid. And you employ engineers to take that risk out, to take that uncertainty out. Because F1 team principals and sponsors don't want uncertainty. They want certainty. But of course, engineers, they're employed to engineer certainty. Anyway, that's, um, that's I'm sounding a little bit Kiwi. Um, that's my little explanation of it anyway. But uh, yeah, Imola this weekend, you know, unfortunately, probably not lots of overtaking. It's not going to be top of the list as far as overtaking is concerned. One, uh, I mean, I counted five overtakes last night. It actually says six, but I, I went back through them and counted five. Signs on Norris lap six, Grosjean on Magnussen lap 36, Verstappen on Bottas lap 43, Vettel on Giovinazzi lap 44, Kvyat on Leclerc lap 58. And then the final one they've counted is Alex Albon. But for mine, he spun. And then everybody went past him anyway. So I'm not counting that one. So essentially five overtakes on track last year at Imola. So yeah, um, just yeah, again, what I was saying <laughs> not more than a minute ago. Uh, anyway, one stopper for most. Hamilton and Bottas did the two stopper. Uh, but of course, uh, I mean, that wrapped up the Constructors title for them seventh time for the Brackley squad. But um, it was mainly due to that late arrival of the safety car. Uh, there was two, in fact. Of course, the other one was um, uh, George uh, George Russell. 
uh, yeah, George Russell's, wasn't it? Um, and it could have been very different, that result, had it not been for that uh, Verstappen tyre failure at the Villeneuve chicane, lap 50. Uh, it just came apart and that spun him. And then, of course, we had the issue with um, George Russell, who, yeah, I mean, he's been saying it this week, hasn't he? Is His worst mistake of his F1 career um, under the safety car or certainly on a, a very slow pace and, and sticking it into the wall. So uh, he'll have learned from that, you know, all drivers, everybody, it doesn't matter what sort of um, life you have and what uh, what career you have. We've all made stupid, dumb mistakes like that, and you just got to forget about it, brush yourself off, and move on. But, um, uh, you know, he'll be hoping certainly not to uh, repeat that. But then again, you know, George Russell's stocks are pretty high, aren't they, after what he did in, in Bahrain or the Sakir Grand Prix last year. I don't think he's got to worry about that now. Uh, but, yeah, Hamilton, he um, two-stopped. Um, and he started from uh, second. He started on the medium. In fact, there were three medium runners, was it, uh, that uh, started the race? I think it was the two Mercs, Max Verstappen, I think, and everybody else was on the, the softs. Ricardo got a podium. Kvyat had his best drive of the year. Wasn't enough to save, of course, his drive. He started on the softs. He qualified eighth. He ended up uh, fourth. That was a good result for him. Leclerc did really well for Ferrari, didn't he? He started seventh on the soft. Perez came from 11th to get up into uh, the points as well. Uh, for McLaren, uh, Sainz uh, finished just ahead of his teammate, but that was still decent enough points for them. Both of them started on the softs. Uh, Sainz started just inside the top 10, and Norris started in ninth. And, of course, it was a good result as well for the Alfa Romeos too, at uh, you know home Grand Prix sort of, I suppose. Uh, Kimi started 18th, started on the medium, and uh, he got to ninth, and Giovinazzi finished inside the points as well. Started 20th and ended up 10th. Uh, in fact, interesting, Hamilton won using all three compounds. Not often that happens. He uh, used the soft, medium, and hard compound. Uh, big losers last year, Gasly, um, Ocon, and Red Bull. I mean, Red Bull lost out in a big way, first of all, obviously, with Max having his tyre failure, but then Albon having spun pretty much of his own volition. Just got it, you know... He was in the wake of another car. He didn't take that into consideration. I think it was Kvyat had just swept past him and had just taken the the, the downforce off his front um, as he was coming through the right-hander, out of the right-hander of that chicane. And uh, that put him... um, uh, you know, into a spin, and of course that ended up uh, uh, with a, a no points finish for Alex, and maybe pretty much sealed his fate for this year. Uh, we talked about, pardon me, uh, Russell's little mistake, so we're not going to go over that one again. But uh, you know, they were the, the, the big losers, I suppose you could say, uh, from last year's race. We'll have to wait and see what happens this year. Yeah, you know, good chance I think this uh, this time around for. Daniel Ricciardo, I mean, it depends on what happens in that scrap at the front, doesn't it, between the Mercs and the Red Bulls. You've got to think that if that Red Bull is the best car out there, and, and Merck are certainly alluding to that, but you don't really know how much they're foxing about that. And you can never count Merck out after what they've done. But uh, if they are correct, if they are um, you know, being true, then you know, if Max gets pole position here, no, very little ability to overtake. I think, you know, Verstappen's going to be top step of the podium. And it'd be lovely to see that happen again. We haven't seen that happen for a couple of years. But it's that battle between Mercedes and Red Bull. How is that going to play out? How are the support players going to help the number ones? You know, Bottas versus Sergio Perez. Will Perez toe the line? if it comes to that, to try and get Hamilton off the scent of, of, of Max Verstappen if he is leading the race. You know, will Max, sorry, will Sergio play that game? You know, will he be happy to do that? He's only got a one-year contract. 
And he's not the sort of guy who, you know, particularly likes to do that sort of thing. Not that he's ever had to really do it in the past, but you just know by the way he drives the car, his, the way he races, that he's not that sort of guy. But he just may have to. Well, going to be very interesting to see, as I said, where Merck is versus Red Bull. And, and, and then also where Mercedes, uh, where McLaren are, that gap. Uh, and we're probably not going to find out maybe this weekend um, as far as because of a specific track, certain uh, 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 suiting certain cars, and we haven't really sort of unpicked that, or haven't been able, we haven't got enough examples to to know. And particularly because there was no Barcelona, which is such a great uh, track to, to work out what cars are good through fast, slow, medium corners, etc. Uh, we only had the testing in Bahrain, which doesn't have that great representation of all different sorts of corners. So we're still really in the dark as to whether or not this is going to be a track that suits one car or the other. We certainly know from what happened last season. It was pretty good for, obviously, the Mercs, but also the Red Bull, because Verstappen was on the trail of Hamilton, wasn't he, uh, before he had that tyre blowout. So anyway, talking of tyres, same compounds uh, from the range from Pirelli this year, uh, excluding the tweaks, obviously, that they've made to uh, all the compounds and the, their construction during the off-season to prevent that overheating that uh, the teams are using the lower pressures to, to you know, get rid of the durability issues. Uh, so C2, 3 and 4, so not the hardest tyre, not the softest, not the fastest, but not the slowest, just right, as Goldilocks said, right in the middle. Uh, so uh, we'll see whether or not that's going to be a one-stopper, which was it pretty much was for most last year. Hamilton and uh, and Bottas did do a two-stopper, but that was because it was under safety car conditions and they had enough of a gap that they could do it. I think it was under virtual safety car, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was under virtual safety car. They had enough of a gap that that was not a problem uh, for them to do that. Um, no, actually, I think it was full safety car. Uh, so, um, But the, the interesting thing, last year, 21 degrees... Um, it was the ambient temperature. I can't remember what it was, track temperature. But compared that to this year, what's expected this weekend, 12 degrees, possible rain. But even if there's no rain, 12 degrees, that's a quite a difference in temperature, isn't it? And that will definitely hugely affect track temperature. So um, anybody who has trouble getting heat into the tyres, uh, it could be an issue for this weekend for them. Uh, drivers and teams, in fact. So, and of course, there's no data in these types of temperatures either. You know, there's very little data, useful data. This time last year, when we went to, or not this time, but at this race last year uh, with Imola, because we hadn't raced there since 2006. And now that we have, that's great. But if we've got a massive difference in temperature, you know, 10, 11 degrees, a lot of that data, how useful is it going to be tyre data-wise um, with particularly just three hour-long practice sessions? So deja vu as they head back to Imola as far as drivers and engineers are concerned because that data they collected last year could be worth not very much as uh, in the grand scheme of things. But going to be, um, yeah, a great, I mean, great, just great to get the second race underway. It just seems like such a long gap between when we had the first race and this one. But certainly looking ahead, I mean, the great news is that next race is going to be Portugal, and we know how good that race was. And I, I, I feel like I'm disrespecting Imola when I uh, when I talk badly about it. I, I loved going to Imola. I did, went there for six years um, and, and went to the last race there in 2006. Uh, you know, this, this, the... Um, 
the Senna Memorial. Um, it was great. It was a really funny paddock and 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 the the, uh, the garages were really old so it was almost like you were still stepping back into the you know you were stepping back into the 70s and 80s uh, back to the golden days and golden era uh, when you went there so um I loved Imola I really did but it's just the circuit uh, yeah, it just isn't the best for the uh, modern Formula One car. But anyway, let's see what happens this weekend. It is going to be great to be back on track racing again. Right, so let's get uh, Jimbo on the line. Uh, we've got him, mate, um, back to Imola. Not the best most interesting race of uh, 2020 but uh, heading back there of course on the back of the fact that uh, uh, we've lost uh, the Australian Grand Prix and the Chinese Grand Prix um, it was for you this weekend what are the key things that you're looking for uh, battle wise theme wise uh, for Emily this weekend uh, I think well there's only one place really to start and that is there's still questions unanswered John I think from the first race uh, between Red Bull and Mercedes um, you know Red Bull coming out of testing clearly had an advantage. And I think we saw throughout the, 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 the first race weekend that they were the, the team to beat. Um, the race didn't go necessarily quite to plan from their point of view. I think Merck kind of out strategized them. Uh, and then you've got Lewis in the car, obviously pulling out an incredible stint um, to, to bring the race win home. Um, I've broken it down a little bit in terms of, you know, who's kind of got the upper hand in which areas Team strategy, uh, you know, I think nine times out of ten, you've got to hand it to Merck. They get things right from a, a tyre call. Now, whether that's obviously the team making those decisions, for example, or Lewis himself, because sometimes, as we know, we've heard him overrule the team before and, and, and make a decision himself and go on to win races. I think they're probably there or thereabouts on that side of things. Raw pace, Red Bull clearly have some serious pace at the moment. We saw it in testing. We saw it in qualifying. Um, you know, Max is... He's clearly very comfortable with the car as well. I think that's important. You know, Red Bull historically come out of the blocks very slowly, don't they? Mm. Um, and uh, and this year they certainly haven't. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see if that follows through to this race weekend. Um, th- let's not forget there's been a bit of time, hasn't there, from the first race until this weekend. Uh, what is it, two and a half, three weeks, I think, in total that we've had this little break. So the teams would have been frantically working behind the scenes to try and find where you know little gaps where the the deficits were within their cars Merck you know for a fact would have been going at it hammer and tong wouldn't they Mm. Uh, yeah yeah. those guys they love a challenge don't they the Mercedes team the engineers um probably self-admitted geeks super nerds they just love to get stuck into that challenge and solve a problem so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you do see them show up and uh you know and potentially blow everyone else away this weekend but Maybe they've just got a little bit too much to find in terms of pace and the, and the slight issues they've got with the car and things like rake and whatever we've discussed, obviously, recently. So it's going to be really fun to watch that. Um, in terms of momentum, I think you've still got to say that Red Bull are the team to beat this weekend. I know they didn't win the race last weekend, and Max obviously would have been immensely frustrated at that. But I, you've got to say that this weekend really you'd expect the same thing to follow i don't think enough could have changed from mercedes's point of view to uh, to see them to, to do the business this weekend but it's going to be interesting to see and, um, but the other thing uh, is that last year red bull i mean you know max anyway uh, because alex wasn't on the pace as we know um yeah. and, and you know but max was 
looking very good for, I mean, at, at the very least a podium. I mean, he was um, running second to Valtteri up until about uh, what, lap 17. And then obviously he, um, uh, then uh, Lewis took the lead around about that time. And he was running third and then he had his, his big issue. But yeah. and there was a good chance that they were going to have a, a good race here. Now, that being the case, this would lend me to think that this is going to be a decent track for Red Bull too, for their car. Yeah, absolutely. And Mercedes have actually said as well, they don't expect to be to compete with Red Bull even this weekend, which is a pretty bold statement. It could be a bit of bluff thrown in there, but uh, the, the car worked very well for Red Bull last year at uh, Imola. And um, and as you say, right up until Max's disastrous blowout, he was he was hunting them down. You know, yeah. he was on one, wasn't he? And yeah. I think he probably would have, uh, um, you know, it, the, the outcome of the race could have been very different had he not had that issue. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the end, yeah, Merck got the one too, but that was really only because Max got taken out of it. And of course, you know, it's that old pincer movement that Mercedes pull all the time as well as, you know, they've got two cars versus one because Alex mm. was, you know, um, nowhere to be seen. And of course he had his own issue a little bit later on, uh, didn't he, in that race last year. That hopefully this weekend won't be the case because Perez, we know, you know, he's due a, a good race. I mean, obviously we've only had one race of the season, but you know, to have him further up the grid, he had that issue on the way to the grid in qualifying. Uh, sorry, uh, on the uh, on the race day, and yep. that stuffed him up really for the race. Um, so he wasn't there to run any sort of support or interference, you know, for Max or even have his own proper shot at it. That hopefully will change this weekend, and we can see a proper battle between a full Mercedes team and a full Red Bull team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Sergio's drive through the pack was incredible, wasn't mm. it, at Bahrain? Um, after the issue that he had, Valtteri didn't really play that big a part. Mm. Um, you know, it, the, the whole race was really the Max and Lewis show, wasn't it? But yeah. with those two teams going at it, and the, the there's a sub kind of plot to this, isn't there, as you say, with Sergio and Valtteri? What, what's going to happen between those two in terms of who's going to end up? Is it going to be kind of a Lewis Max and then a Valtteri Sergio situation or is Sergio going to jump up there and, and kind of, uh, you know, stick his oar in and get stuck in as well? It's going to be fun to watch, I think. From that point I, I, I think Perez, I think Perez will, will outdo Bottas. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yet definitely going to be a cracking battle between Lewis and, and, and Max and you can never count Lewis out even if he was in a third fastest car. Um, and, and we don't really know if he's really in a second fastest car at this point in time because we've only had the one race. But um, of the other drivers, in you know, the, the, if you like, the support drivers, I'd put Sergio. And the way he fights out on track um, ahead yeah. of Valtteri. You know, I think there was something I read somewhere or heard, uh, maybe it was Valtteri saying he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. He needs to learn to be sort of a bit more aggressive and, and with his overtakes and defending and overall with his driving because in a race, you know, his race craft, He's just not aggressive enough, I don't think. You kind of get the the, the impression with Valtteri is once he knows the game is up, he kind of just wants to, to let it go and just move on and just try and make the best of a bad situation. Like you said, there doesn't really ever seem to be him getting his elbows out and saying, well, hang on a second, this ain't happening today. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to fight uh, for it. That's it. I mean, th- that's right. I mean, okay, yeah, Lewis might be gone um, and, you know, you, you might not be able to get that back and, and get ahead of him. But he just, as you say, when he falls further back in the pack, there just doesn't seem to be that bite in his driving style or in his attitude. He's just almost like too much of a nice guy. And he is yeah. a lovely guy um, uh, to, to sort of, for his own good he's just too nice for his own good in those situations 
Well, a little susceptible to pressure as well, isn't yeah. he? In terms of, you know, just look at what happened in Imola last year in terms of uh, Max hunting him down. He knew it was coming mm. uh, and he ran wide, obviously picked up some gravel on the outside of uh, yeah. what the, the, the last but one corner ultimately. And uh, yeah, wasn't a great situation. He does seem to, to feel the heat in those situations. And Max is probably the last person you want really breathing down your neck in that situation, isn't it? Because he is relentless. Uh, you know, he's aggressive. Um, well, yeah, look, so look he, what he does to his teammates, you know, Ricardo yeah. and Baku in 2017. Yeah, for sure. You know, for so sure. he, he, he's, um, he's not going to die wondering his max. I mean, okay, he's probably matured a little bit since then, but not against um, someone else in a different coloured car. Agree. Totally agree. <laughs> okay. Now, talking of pressure, um, Ferrari, home Grand Prix, one of two this year. Um, and, of course, they didn't do too badly last year. I mean, seventh in qualifying for Leclerc. He finished fifth, which was really good. Um, and Vettel, of course, Sebastian, you know, 14th and 12th in the end for him. Wasn't a great, but we know it wasn't a great year overall. But they yeah. did pretty well last year, considering this is a, you know, it was a different engine. Uh, and, and at that, you know, so to speak, home track or one of the two, I expect them to be pretty competitive this weekend. You would hope so, wouldn't you? I mean, the the the, the progress that they've made is clear. That's great. Uh, the team are very confident that they've made you know very solid steps forward. And we we've talked many times about the draggy nature of last year's car and then the loss of that power, uh, which really really hindered them in the back end of the season. Charles obviously still, I mean, still making it rain from time to time with his ridiculous performances in qualifying from time to time. And like you say, last year. He actually finished fifth in the race uh, you know, against cars around him, like Sergio in the Racing Point, which happened to be one of the the better cars, if not the sort of second or third, probably best car on the grid last year. He is still able to pull those sorts of results out of the bag. So with a, a little bit more consistency throughout this season, I would expect us to be hopefully, sad as it sounds, regular, consistent point scorers. Mm. Um, you know, Charles can't be expected to just pull it out of the bag every single time he gets in the car. You know, it's, it's mentally, it must be physically exhausting to have the weight of Ferrari on his shoulders at the moment, which ultimately he does have while, whilst Carlos settles in. Um, you know, for him to, to go out there with that sort of pressure on his shoulders every single every single weekend that he races is, is going to be tough. But solid weekend really should be expected. You know, they're, they're clearly in a fight for third, uh, which, again, slightly depressing from my point of view, but great increase in performance from last year finishing sixth in the constructors championship they're clearly in a good scrap for third i think we've seen that from the testing pace mclaren are up there alpha Tauri are up there anything could happen there's still a bit of a development war going on as well because these teams aren't finished developing these cars they will continue to develop them ferrari are going to push development with the sf21 until at least june in the fight for third so Whilst there is obviously a lot of focus on next year because of the massive regulation changes, they still believe that there are you know good points to be had this year. Uh, and I, I, think the they, I think they think Charles, they're in a better position than what they thought they were going to be in, really. Yeah, quite possibly. You know, they talk a good game, don't they, in terms of understanding all of their data, etc. The big thing for me that came out of testing was the correlation between what they were seeing in the wind tunnel versus what they were seeing on track. That was the big... That was the kind of the, the push the panic button moment last season when the car got out on track. They felt super confident and actually it didn't behave anywhere like the simulations that they were expecting it to. So this year coming into the season, probably with a well, you look, you're never not under pressure at Ferrari, right? The, <laughs> the, the weight of a nation is on your shoulders. It's almost a religion, right? But coming into the season with a little less expectation in terms of race wins, 
which we probably would have been you know, fancying last year, I think the team now can relax and settle into making sure they get the very most out of the car, which clearly is a good car. It's not uh, a dog. This car has potential. It can take on McLaren. It can take on the AlphaTauri. Uh, and with the drivers that you have, obviously, at the helm uh, in Charles and Carlos, they have the ability and the talent behind the wheel as well to do that. So really, for me, let's keep that development going. Let's obviously not just set back and, and hope for points every week. Let's go out there and, and grind for points and race results. There should be podiums to pick up from time to time when things go wrong at the top, because invariably, like we saw last season, if AlphaTauri can win a race with Pierre Gasly, obviously like they did at Monza, then there's absolutely no reason why Ferrari can't pick up much better positions than just fourth, fifth and sixth, you yeah. know? Yeah, um, absolutely opportunities for, for podiums as well so that that's what i want to see for the team really yeah i don't expect them to win this uh this uh this weekend but let's go out and get some good points at home race but there's, there, a lot to them. there's no real you know um excuse for carlos not to be there or thereabouts i mean okay he, he's probably not going to be as quick as as charles because Charles has been with the team longer and has driven that car longer. But, mm. you know, if, if Charles is getting fourth, then, you know, signs shouldn't be any lower than sixth. You know what I mean? Is that they, they should, they need to still be, he still needs to be pretty close. That's why you pay someone the big bucks to come across. You know, yeah. you know, so. I, you know, you look, look, and, look, at, look at the last race. I think Carlos went out there with a very sensible kind of level headed approach to the weekend, mm. which was, it's my first race in red. Uh, I want to get a good result, of course, and I'll take opportunity where I can, but I'm not going to go out there. And, and, you know, and try and be a hero in weekend one. No. Um, he came home eighth. Obviously, uh, Charles finished sixth. Um, he wasn't a million miles behind him, seven or eight seconds yeah. behind him. And look, I think that was a great solid first weekend for him as he settles into the team. Become the kind of mid-season, I would expect Charles to be, uh, sorry, Carlos, excuse me, to be in a situation where he won't be settling for couple of positions behind Charles hmm. I think he's got to be pushing obviously um uh, the, the the his teammate in that situation so um look solid weekend from Carlos this weekend and, and, and from a PR point of view that won't do him any harm whatsoever don't go out and try and be a hero but there's going to become a little bit of pressure at some point because there's a bit of expectation obviously that we've brought a decent driver in and not just a, a number two I think for for Charles and and the other good thing is that this is the classic McLaren Ferrari battle that we've seen in years gone by. Okay, it's not right at the pointy end, but um, and and no disrespect to Racing Point or um, or Renault last season, but and it was a great battle, wasn't it? That that battle for third between McLaren, Racing Point, and Renault, but um, and it, it's it's not a Ferrari McLaren battle. You know that is a cracking yeah. battle. That's a a historic battle that everybody loves to see. Um, well, you know, it's, two it's big sets of fans. Ferrari, yeah. Ferrari, McLaren is you know yeah. about as good as it gets from from some of the stories that you could tell from seasons gone by so yeah. um yeah it, it, it's not as you say at the absolute pinnacle but it's great to see it back on the uh, on the agenda yeah absolutely uh, make it i'm, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you for what you think the result will be um at the pointy end of the grid i mean you know your podium for the weekend what just to i know i put you on the spot here i didn't uh, i wasn't didn't look, clue you up to this did i <laughs> no, but that's, that's part of the fun. I'm all right with that. That's no problem at all. Um, look, I think although I think it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, to, it shouldn't be completely unexpected though. <laughs> to be honest, should it? it's, like... it's lucky I'm such a cool guy, John. Yeah, lucky mate. I'm such a cool guy because otherwise I could have lost it with you on air, and then everything goes wrong, doesn't it? Oh, no, look, I think, I think we've got to expect Max to be very, very strong this weekend. I believe that 
the Red Bull team probably dropped the ball a little bit in Bahrain. Uh, I think Max was a little bit hasty in his move on Lewis at the back end of the race when he had to give it back. And then, then that tiny little window of opportunity had gone. Um, I think Max comes away with a, with a win this weekend. Mm-hmm. Second, um, second. Second place. Very hard to look past Lewis, yep. barring an absolute disaster. And third. Uh, and third place, I am going to go with Sergio Perez. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's going to be a pretty common um, a pretty common prediction um, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no. Look, you know, you, you, you predict to get it right. You don't predict to get it wrong. So, uh, mate, thank you for that. And we'll talk to you next week. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Cheers, John. So let's get Chef Wainer on the line and get his opinion on what he's looking forward to this weekend. Round two, Imola. It wasn't um, the most brilliant of races last uh, last year, as I've been saying, uh, but it's still an incredible place to go back to, isn't it, Imola? Oh, well, the history uh, and the, the heritage of the circuit alone um, is absolutely stunning. Uh, I do think it is a little bit old school now, for, especially for the current formula of cars. The, they are very big, uh, which doesn't lend to, to um, overly exciting racing on a, on a narrow track. Um, but no, you know, I think last year there, there was a sort of late safety car that helped with a bit of excitement a little bit further down the pack. Um, but I, I, it really is going to be a case of if, if, um, if Max qualifies on pole, then I, I think there's probably a good chance he'll drive away, to be honest with you. I'm not entirely convinced that Mercedes have got on top of that car yet. But um, I think if Lewis gets on pole, then I think we'll be in for a good race because you can't overtake there and uh, Max is going to be harrying him. So we could be looking back to uh, the, the 2006 uh, version of uh, Alonso and Schumacher again. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, it was getting to that point. I was saying this to Jimbo earlier. It was getting to that point last year here, wasn't it, where Max was really starting to come into his own and starting to put pressure on the Mercs, um, but it never eventuated because he had that tyre um, issue uh, through the yeah. Villeneuve chicane, and that sort of ended his race. But um, it would be lovely to see that happen again. And, and, and as you say, if he gets on pole, Mercs may not overhaul him. No, I, I think last last time out in Bahrain, the the Mercs were well, definitely Lewis. I think he had a little bit in hand. He he has that sort of what I call Lewis tax, where he always finds <laughs> that extra little that um, that Valtteri can't. Um, and I think obviously with the strategic call to bring him in and and the undercut is massively powerful in Bahrain, but um, I don't think it's quite so strong in Imola. Uh, but then that's hoping that, you know, it, can he stay within two or three seconds of Max if he does get to the front? And I'm not entirely convinced that he can this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, that, that is going to be one of the key battles, as you say, at the, and great to have it at the front for a change as well. So it's not just Lewis battling, you know, his Mercedes teammate, but we've actually got a, a genuine contender. And not just Max either. If Sergio, I mean, you know, it was just disappointing in Bahrain that, on his way on on his way to the grid, that Sergio had that issue with his car, um, because it would have been interesting to see him as a part of that battle. And again, I was saying to Jimbo to have a, a full team uh, of Red Bulls up against a full team of Mercs, so that the games don't sort of favour one or the other. 
it'd be a nice to have that level playing field and to see how well Perez can take it to, well, not only hopefully the Mercs, but his teammate. Yeah, so I, I think having Perez in that second Red Bull now, it, it makes Mercedes' job a lot harder because when Albon was in that car, he, they could guarantee that it was always going to be two Mercs versus one Red Bull. Yep. So they had the strategic upper hand be to, to begin with, you know. Um, but I think once you've got Sergio Perez sitting probably quite comfortably within... Uh, the Mercedes pit window, it does, you know, it, Red Bull aren't are known for um, using the alternate strategies and, and for mixing things up and they will do anything to win. Um, so if that means, you know, leaving Sergio out on older tyres to, because on a track that you can't really pass on, then I, I can see them doing something like that. And then that brings in the whole point of signing Sergio Perez is that he can do something like that, that Albon couldn't. But, but, but would he, would he do that? You know what I mean? Is he, I mean, he'd know what's going on. If he thinks he's getting, you know, the, the raw end of the pineapple, so to speak, that he's going to have to, you know, particularly if he's got track position over Max, and that's probably not going to happen. But even if he thinks he's within striking distance of Max, is he going to play the Red Bull game? I mean, you know, we're talking about this, I think, uh, last week or the week before, is that, you know, he's got a one-year contract. Does he really feel the need to do that? Okay, you've got to, you know, you've got to be a team player at some point, but how you know Sergio isn't the sort of guy, and he's shown that in the past, who's particularly kind to teammates when he's battling them on track. No, and I think maybe not quite so early in the season. I don't think he would risk it this early. I think maybe you know four or five races time when he's a little bit more comfortable at Red Bull um, and he's more comfortable with the engineers and the surroundings and the car. I think maybe then he might stick it to Max a little bit. But I think so early in his Red Bull career, and especially after having, you know, what what looked like Albon's car on the formation lap in Bahrain, um, I, I think he might just play it safe and be the team player for now. But I'm not. I'm, I can't guarantee that that yeah. will be the case in four or five races time. I, I would just worry that, you know, that would mean like mentally that sort of it almost sets the tone for the season, though. And do you ever recover from that? Yeah, well, Sergio, he's he's in his thirties now. You know, yeah. I I think mentally he's he, he's in the right place to to be strong enough to have to defer to a younger teammate. Who, let's be honest, you know, Max Verstappen is being hailed as the the next big thing. Hmm. Um, so I'm I'm not entirely sure that Perez is going to mind too much if he has to defer. I think if it was somebody like Ocon again, then he would have something to say. But I, th- I think f- for now, I think he'd defer. But yeah, a little bit later on into the season, if they ask him to do the same, or once he's got his feet under the rugs a little bit more, I, I think it'd be a different situation. I think the elbows would be out, and he'd be thinking, no, you know, I, I want the race win. We'll have to wait and see. That is going to be, as I say, one of the themes that I'm very keen to see what plays out uh, because I'm not completely confident <laughs> in what you're saying that, that that Sergio will just go and do that. But uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, okay. What else, what are some of the other battles and things that you're looking forward to? Well, Ricardo in a, uh, a working McLaren without a broken floor. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I obviously haven't seen the damage uh, from the, uh, from the Bahrain race, but 
looking on social media and a few of the McLaren staffers that have seen the damage, they're actually amazed at how he managed to keep the car on track, let alone at the, the pace he was going to maintain seventh place. So, you know, I, th- I think he's, he's, he is that type of driver where he is skilled enough and experienced enough to drive around those problems. And to see Lando comfortably in fourth in Bahrain, um, I, I reckon if, if something happens between the top four, you know, say, for instance, Perez is trying to move on Bottas and they don't quite work out. I think we we could we, we could be seeing a McLaren podium. The um, I mean, and that's the thing they're stronger this year certainly, and but we really don't know how much stronger because we we saw I suppose a bit of what Ferrari had at Bahrain. We didn't really see what Aston had, and if they're having the same issues as what they're sort of saying is is the case with the 2019 Merc, which is what their car is, <laughs> and, the, and the, the, you know the new cut off, um, uh, you know, cut floors, and yeah. that the, the instability at the rear uh, that the Merc, the current Merc, is having. We don't really know how strong they are, whether or not they're actually even going to come back. But also, Alpha Tauri are in that little battle as well but we haven't really had a good opportunity i mean we're only one race in as well i suppose so it's not like i'm complaining but um we need to see how where mclaren really are don't we yeah well you you're gonna have uh i think the the ferraris looked very very good over a one lap yeah. pace they had well especially uh, with leclerc yeah but i don't think uh, race pace um they were quite on it well they weren't on it yeah. on race pace because they just fell back but um I, I i'm pretty confident that the the mclarens are clear of the ferraris on race pace yeah and um, lando yeah, was actually saying that too wasn't it he, he was actually saying he said oh i think they've got us probably a little bit covered um in 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 quality mode but and it was interesting the way he framed it uh, a phrase that i can't quite remember what it was but he was very confident that they had them covered in race in race trim yeah. and and that, that sort of wasn't the way he said it didn't sort of sound like it was like no we think it was like a yeah well, i think we we pretty much do yeah well they get all the gps tracking don't they they can see where the cars are quicker and what they're doing with but their, it, but it's unusual to have engines. them to have him come out or you know drivers come out and say that and, and and as I say, he didn't say it in a in, in a um, um, an arrogant way, but it was really a quite confident way of yeah. yeah, we've got him covered. And I just thought, oh okay, you don't normally come out and say that and give that much away. And he did seem to to give that away. Yeah, yeah. Well, confidence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope he's right. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you're a McLaren fan and I'm an Australian, so we're on the same team. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but that battle, I was saying to James earlier, between Ferrari and McLaren, one of the classic battles from years gone by. You know, we had a great battle for third last year, um, and, and it's shaping up again, particularly with two teams that have got lots of supporters, like, you know, big supporter base, Ferrari and McLaren, you know, probably the two biggest out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I think Mercedes are probably edging... Uh, into the top two in, in terms of support, in terms of, in terms of fan base. But, you know, I, I think that Ferrari, whatever they did with their engine last year in terms of whatever happened before, I think it's evident that something was amiss. But I, I think they've just using this season as a placeholder to really attack next year, to be honest with you. Um, I think they are probably sort of smart enough to know to not put too much behind it. 
Um, they've probably briefed uh, Leclerc and Sainz in that you're not going to be pushing for race wins and we are focusing on 2022. Uh, so in terms of the third place, I, I, th- I think we'd probably McLaren's biggest threat would probably be Alpha Tauri, I reckon, because yeah. they really look to have gotten that car together. Um, and Gasly is now finding his feet properly as an F1 driver after suffering the highs and lows. Uh, and Sonoda looks like an absolute gem. Mm. His his driving, and not only his driving, but his attitude, is just so perfect for F1. It's almost like they've made like like the mold of the perfect F1 driver in terms of attitude <laughs> and approach to being a rookie. Um, and put put it into this little Japanese person, <laughs> and um, and and as you say, it belies his years too, doesn't it? Yeah, his attitude, and that's what um a lot of the feedback has come from with inside the AlphaTauri team of, of how mature he is for a guy who hasn't been racing all that long. No, no, and and to, let's face it, in, in in Formula Two, he didn't exactly set the world alight either. He had a few good races, mm. um, but he obviously he was the Honda protege, so he was going to end up in an Alpha Tauri at some point uh, before the Honda deal um, ended. So, I, I, but he's one of those drivers that maybe couldn't quite get it together in a spec series, but once they can get the car a lot more tailored to him. Um, as they can do in Formula One, with, then I, I think we're really going to see some special things. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's too often you see that the drivers who do, you know, do do very well in the support series don't make it. You know, in the uh, in the top series. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, sadly, I mean, we saw with Stoffel Van Dorn. Yeah. Um, he uh, his was a case of right place, wrong time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, if he was a couple of years earlier, perhaps um, at the at the end of the non hybrid era, uh, or a couple of years later, sort of say now, mm. driving alongside either Lando or, or, or Daniel, um, I think would really see what made him set apart. But yeah, that the, the McLarens that he was driving were, were not good cars, and and certainly not you know, suitable for somebody as a rookie coming into the sport. So, okay, for, as a McLaren fan, um, where do you see the battle between uh, Daniel and uh, and Lando going? Who do you think is going to win that qualifying and race? Oh, well, <laughs> Lando has gotten his... He, he's always been fast over one lap. Hmm. Um, I, I think he has edged the qualifying battle for the last two seasons with Carlos, who is no slouch. Um, I, so I, th- I think qualifying, I, I think o- over the season, I think Lando might just edge it again, but he, unless he can display a ruthless streak, like he did at the start of Bahrain, you know, when he went past Leclerc, um, I, I think that Daniel's probably going to not just edge it in races, but I think he's going to be quite clear. Um, and I think Daniel will, will be looking at, um, maybe not fourth but definitely fifth in the in the drivers mm-hmm. at the end of the season all right and this weekend uh putting you on the spot as far as who you think will be on the podium i did this to uh to jimmy as well uh, yeah put him on the spot who's your one two and three right uh one two and three i think um head over heart i'll be going max lewis valtteri yeah, interesting because um, uh, James went. Uh, he went Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. Oh, okay. So, um, and if uh, I'm going to do my predictions, I'm going to go with Jimmy as well. I don't think 
Bottas will have enough in. I, I think if Perez is able to, um, you know, get a, a good qualifying session, get get a handle on that car, and you know, only second race in, I think he's got a bit too too much um, mongrel in him for Bottas. All right, okay. So, well, yeah. I, I I still think I, I I still think that Red Bull could possibly use him as a rear gunner um, and use up his tires to help Max out, which will hobble his podium chances. But then that's not to say that they yeah. won't bring him in on the last two laps with a clear, you know, 30-second free pit stop to go for the fastest lap. But, but the other um, thing is that but Mercedes could easily do that for Bottas as well because if, if Max is winning, then they'll be wanting to do whatever they can to get Hamilton up further and, would would yeah. you know, Mercedes are well known for doing that. I mean, you know, you just... Uh, Goodness knows what would happen. But I, I just think if if you take all that out of it, and let's say they are both rear gunners and they're you know running interference for their for their uh, more senior drivers, let's say, um, <laughs> I, I I just think Perez and I said I said this to Jimbo earlier. Perez has got a bit more mongrel in him, and I think Valtteri's too yeah. much of a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, there there is that sort of certain sort of pit fighter about mm. Perez. You know, he's been on the streets. He knows he knows how to deal with bad cars. Um, and, and I think it's evident that Valtteri doesn't know how to deal with bad cars and that his, how long it's taken him to get on top of the um, uh, slightly misperforming Mercedes in the past. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, is that, uh, and they're both in good cars this year, but Sergio's in a better car than he's ever been in. Yeah. And this is a golden opportunity, and I really think he's going to be grabbing it by the horns, as they say. Yes, absolutely. Now, one final thing. Um, you did this uh, Cotswold uh, Burgers and Brownies, and you did yep. a cracking burger. Yeah, the uh, the Holy Mac and Cheese Balls burger. <laughs> and the, the history of this is, of course, last year, Daniel Ricciardo got his podium, didn't he? And, of course, that's what he said on the radio. Yeah, so he wasn't in a McLaren. Um, he was in a Renault at the time, but he is now obviously a McLaren driver. So in in homage to uh, Daniel's podium and uh, his next visit to Imola this weekend, I have released the uh, Holy Mac and Cheese Balls burger, which <laughs> is two burgers with macaroni cheese in between each burger, a brioche bun and some really, really hot sauce, which <laughs> has got holy in the name, but I won't say the actual name. Um, but it's produced by uh, a street food trader called uh, Mark Javo. He's uh, he's on Twitter. He is at the Rib Man, um, and his sources are absolutely next level. If you like hot sauces, you need to look him up. And what's your Twitter handle? At Burger Brownie. There we go. All right, mate. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing what happens this weekend, and we'll do a roundup next week. And enjoy the weekend as far as racing is concerned. Yeah, amazing. Have a good one, mate. Yeah, it doesn't take long, and uh, time is up. And, and we didn't really get into anything to do with Aston Martin this weekend, Alpine, um, Alfa Romeo. There's uh, just sort of time just goes so quickly when you when you start talking about things that you're uh, really into. Anyway, there's uh, plenty of um, things to play out this weekend. Really looking forward to seeing how it does go. And, and I really, fingers crossed, that we get uh, a, a cracking race, and particularly... As we know, at the front between Max um, and, and Lewis, it, it is going to be Titanic, I think, this year. And that's what F1 needs. We need someone else, no disrespect to the Luminati, but we need someone else from apart from Lewis winning. Anyway, uh, we'll see how we go this weekend, and we'll wrap it up again on our next podcast. <laughs>